wasn't like an audible voice, but it was in my head so loud. It was the Lord. He says, I don't want you to cuss anymore. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching us God's truth right from the Bible with lessons that we may not want to hear, but we need to hear. Let's jump right in today's study. We're talking about studying the Word of God. This is part two of a message that we started yesterday. So we're talking about, you know, reading the Word of God. And just basically, when you read something, what is it saying? Just ask yourself that. Like, what is he saying here? You know, and then ask, well, I wonder what it means. And then say, well, what does it mean to me? That's a great way when you're reading the Word of God. Some people, when they start reading the Word of God, you know, they're trying to do the Evelyn Wood speed reading, and they're just blowing through everything. It's like, no, no, slow down a little bit. Think about what you're reading, and then wonder, what does this mean to me? Lord, what do you want me to grasp out of this? Yes, we should all have a time of devotional reading of the Bible every single day. This is so important, and it really focuses on our relationship with God when we really take that time to read His Word and then just ask ourselves, what does it mean? I remember the first time that God really spoke to my heart and when I picked up the Bible. Now, uh, I had just started reading the Bible. I was a brand new believer. So this is like 44 years ago. I was 18 years old. And so I remember I had given my life to Christ and a couple months went by. There was no real change in my life. In this Christian that I was working with said to me, he goes, are you a Christian? Because <laughs> when I look back on it, I probably didn't look like one at all. But I said to him, I go, yes, I've asked Jesus Christ in my heart as my Savior. And he says, would you read your Bible? And what that meant was probably like, obviously you don't by the way that you act. But I said to him, I go, I don't have a Bible. Well, he took me out after work that day, him and his wife, and they bought me the nicest Bible in this Christian bookstore. Leather Bible, put my name on it. Man, I started reading that word like every day. I'd get up in the morning and I was just like a human Pac-Man scarfing the word of God. Well, I was still, you know, again, I'm a brand new believer and, and, and the rough edges weren't worked out of me yet. So I was still dropping F-bombs and everything. And so I was over talking to this guy, telling some, I think it was a dirty joke. And it's like, okay, now again, I was a brand new believer. Cut me some slack already. Okay. So anyway, so I'm talking to him and he looks at me and this guy's a total scrapper. He's not a Christian. He's just a total scrapper. And he goes, why don't you be quiet? He goes, I don't even want to hear your voice. You know, you just cuss so much. I don't even want to hear you. And I'm just thinking like, oh, he's having a bad day. I didn't really give it much thought, to be honest with you. So I went back into this house I was working in. Again, I was working in construction. I went home that day. I didn't even think about it. Well, I had only been reading my Bible for like three days, okay? Like three days. So I sit down in the morning, and I didn't have any kind of devotional life at all, but I just put my thumb in the Bible, and I would just peel it open, and I just start reading wherever, you know? And what you should do is pick a book of the Bible— and then you should start reading in chapter one, verse one. And then, you know, where you stop, put a little mark there and then pick up there tomorrow. But anyway, I wasn't doing that back then. So I just flip it open, right? So it's five o'clock in the morning. I'm working in construction. I'm up early in the morning. I'm having a bowl of, of raisin bran and I flip it open. And what's the first verse that I read? 
it's Ephesians 4.29 and it says, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth. Well, then my mind goes back to the just the day before where the guy says, hey, why don't you shut up? I don't like hearing your, your, your bad language. And it's like, so here I am reading this verse and I'm thinking like, well, that guy told me he didn't want to hear my voice. And then I'm like, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word which is good for edification according to the need of the moment that it may give grace to those who hear. And all of a sudden, I'm telling you, it wasn't like an audible voice, but it was in my head so loud. It was the Lord. He says, I don't want you to cuss anymore. And I'm just sitting there yeah, having a bowl of raisin bread, five o'clock in the morning. I read that verse and I'm like, and the Lord spoke to me in my head. And I'm like, I'm like this brand new believer. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I stopped cussing that day. That day, no more F-bombs, no more bad language. And I'm like, oh my goodness. See, that's what can happen when you're reading God's word. He'll speak to you through his word. We can also start a daily devotional book. You know, there's all kinds of devotional books out there like Streams in the Desert by L.B. Cowan or My Utmost for His Highest by Oswald Chambers. And they're just like you read like one little page and it can kind of kick off your devotional life. And again, a devotional life is just, hey, I'm going to spend... 10 or 15 minutes with the Lord every day. You know, it's like, and as a believer, we need to cut that time out. We need to do it. We need to say, look, I don't care what I'm doing today. I'm going to have this time. Do you know, like, even when I go on vacation, it's like, I don't stop devotionals. That happens everywhere. Now, we might go whitewater rafting. We might go here. We might go here. We might go dirt bike riding. But I start off with my devotions first in the morning. And then the vacation goes on after that. I even go to church no matter where we are. Me and my wife, we go on vacation. I don't care where we are. doesn't matter what state we're in. We'll go to some church in that state on Sunday. But anyway, but when you're reading God's Word and you're sitting there and you're just, you know, you're reading it to yourself, here's three easy steps. Listen to God's Word. See, the word translated as listen means to give undivided listening attention. What it means is to listen spiritually. This emphasizes the need to set aside a time to read and pray without distractions. And again, for me, it's first thing in the morning. It's before the texts start going off. It's before the emails start pouring in. It's before the busyness of the day. If I try to do it at night, I'm too tired. I can't focus. So I'm just saying for me personally, I have to do it first thing in the morning before the day gets rolling. Because as soon as the texts start going, the emails start pouring in. Everything changes. Here's step number two here. Make devotional reading a daily practice. Again, every single day, no matter what. That's 365 days a year. It's 24-7. It's like always doing it every day. And then again, heed what you read. Listen to what you read and do what it says. I love what James says. He says in James one twenty two, he says, but prove yourselves a doer of the word and not merely a hearer who delude themselves. See, so he says, look, if you're reading the word of God, but you're not doing what it says, he just says, you're deluding yourself. You're deceiving yourself. You know, it's like, you know, we should 
try to memorize verses that mean something to us. Like, I don't just memorize any verse. I memorize verses that minister to me. You know, like, do you have a life verse? I'm just asking you here on the radio. Do you have a life verse? Do you have a verse that's like, man, this is just, man, I just, this verse just ministers so much to me. Like, I have multiple life verses, like Acts twenty twenty four says, but I do not consider my life as any account as dear to myself, in order that I may finish my course in the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify solemnly of the gospel of the grace of God. I mean, I've got all kinds of life verses, but you should have a verse, you should have a memorized or something that means something to you. So let's put all of this into a practical daily routine. Remember, reading the Bible consistently every day, even if it's just for 10 minutes or 15 minutes, it will cause you to have a healthy habit. So how do you pull it off? Well, again, number one, find a quiet time and place. You know, something that's reasonable for you that you know you're not going to have any distractions. You know, look, you know, uh, you got to have a game plan here. Number two, have a plan. Do you want to read through the Bible in a year? Have you ever done that? I've done it several times. Well, listen, the longest... Uh, you know, that it's going to take you. I mean, this is what you have to do to get through it in a year. There's 1,189 chapters in the Bible. The longest chapter in the Bible is Psalm 119. That's 150 verses. The shortest uh, chapter in the Bible is Psalm 117. That's only two verses, you know, and it's right in the middle. So Psalm 117, there's 594 chapters before it and 594 chapters after it. So this is what you got to actually pull off to read the Bible in one year. So maybe you're thinking, I don't know how I'd ever get through it. Well, this is what you have to do. You have to read basically three and a quarter chapters a day, a little over three chapters a day, and that will get you through the Bible in one year. So you're thinking, well, maybe that's not as hard as I thought it was going to be. Well, I would encourage you to do that. You will find so many encouraging scriptures in places that you would have never looked before. So you read three, a little over three chapters a day. Yeah. And it's better to just read four chapters a day because that way, if you miss a day, you don't, you don't get backlogged and everything, you know, and if you were to just read through the Bible straight through, it takes about 72 hours for uh, just someone to read through the Bible all the way through. So, you know, just to give you a little heads up there, you know, we can study a book of the Bible in depth. There's another way, you know, instead of reading through, you can just say, I mean, I'm going to really study a, a, this you know, Bible book in depth. Here's another thing that I've done before, like in a 31 day period, the book of Proverbs, it's uh, 31 chapters. And there's so much wisdom in the book of Proverbs. You could take one Proverbs a day, one chapter a day, and just read that. There's all kinds of different things that you can do here. You can pick out a Bible character and just study him or, you know, choose a, a wealth of available resources to help develop you. Like, you know, Warren Wiersbe has a, a whole uh, set of commentaries that go from Genesis to Revelation, and it can really help you understand things. It's also good to buy a uh, study Bible, you know, because there's notes on, on the bottom of each page. And sometimes when you have a difficult verse, it'll give you a little uh, help there with that verse so you can understand it. Keep a record of what you're doing, by the way. If 
you know, reading through a chapter or whatever, make sure you mark where you leave off so you can pick up there the next day. And one of the things that I do, this is just a little hint from Pastor Steve, is I cross-reference my Bible. Like if I'm reading and there's a really cool verse, but it kind of goes with this other verse that I know it's in another part of the Bible, I will stop right there. I will go to that other verse. I'll write the verse next to it and vice versa. So that way, you know, if I have a really cool verse there, I know that there's other cool verses that are just like that verse that are on the same topic. See, this is one of the little hints I do as a pastor because, you know, this way, instead of trying to remember everything, whatever topic someone asks me about, I can go to my favorite go-to verse on that topic and I'll have five or six other verses on that, around that verse that has, you know, the same topic and covered in different places of the Bible. And so it's just a little hint there. It can help you, you know, and then put what you learn into practice, you know, look for ways that you can apply what you read in the scripture. Understand there are major benefits to reading and studying and memorizing the word of God, you know, like how about this? The Bible reveals the power of God's word. You know, the Bible reveals what's in our heart in Hebrews 4.12. The Bible equips us for every good work in 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17. You know, we can know God and what he requires in our life, like Psalm, you know, 25. Listen, there's all kinds of things that the Bible will benefit you in. But again, this is why at Core Truth Radio, we're all about the Word of God, because we want you to thrive in your life on this side of heaven. And how do you thrive in your life this side of heaven? You become the man of God or the woman of God that God has called you to be. And the only way that can happen is through the truth of God's Word. So again, that's why at Core Church Los Angeles, We only teach through the Bible. We do expository Bible teaching, book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, so that we can grasp onto the full counsel of God's Word. Because if you go to like a positive confession church, all you hear is, God bless me, God bless me, God bless me. But you know what? You need to hear about, if you're walking in sin, you need to hear about forgiveness. You need to hear about what God's purpose is for your life. You need to hear about being a witness for God. Because don't forget, as Men and women of God, we are called to know God. We are called to worship Him, and we are called to serve Him. It's not always about me. It's not always about, oh, Father in heaven, my vending machine who art in heaven. Oh, I claim this, and I claim that, and give me this, and give me that. No, how about denying yourself? Isn't that what Jesus said? If anyone wishes to come after me, let them deny themselves, take up the cross, and follow me. Because if anyone chooses to save their life, they'll lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. Some of you might be thinking, well, that's an oxymoron. If I save my life, I'll lose it. If I lose my life, I'll find it. Yeah, it's a complete oxymoron until you do it, of course. Because if you lose your life, lose your aspirations, lose your desires— then you'll find life. But if you save your life, it's all about my desires, all about my aspirations, all about my will, then God says, you'll lose your life. See, when we do what God says, 
Everything changes. But that's why I encourage you to come to church on Sunday mornings. If you're here in Southern California, we have two services on Sunday morning, one at 8.30 a.m., one at 10.30 a.m. We're on the west side of Los Angeles. What if you had to drive a half hour, 35, 40 minutes to get to church? Well, let me ask you this. Are you growing where you're going to church right now? Or are you just kind of going through the motions? I mean, do you go in there and do your religious duty? Or are you actually being provoked into being a deeper Christian? Listen, if you are and your pastor's teaching the truth of God's word, do me a favor. Go up to him on Sunday and thank him for teaching the truth of God's word. But if he doesn't and you're never convicted of sin in your life and you never have any conviction, get out of that church because you're not growing. If it's all about stained glass windows and religion, get out of that church. Go to a church where you can grow in your relationship with Christ. And listen, again, if you had to drive 40 minutes on a Sunday, look, there's no traffic coming to L.A. on Sunday morning. Get in the car. Beeline it. I mean, gas is only like 20 bucks a gallon. We'll call it an offering to the Lord anyway. But I just encourage you to come. But you can also download our app for free, and you can watch our live service at 830 and 1030. And if you're on the East Coast... Obviously, you have to add three hours of that. You're three hours ahead. But download our app, and you can go back and listen to hundreds of video messages there, all available for you. But let's look at, you know, getting back here, you know, to our study here. Let's look at some things that will help you and give you some aid here. You know, one of those things, you know, is a good study Bible, which I already mentioned, you know. Now, if you're following our program for very long at all, you'll notice that I read out the New American Standard Bible. That's the NASB. Now, why do I do that? Well, I read out the New American Standard Bible for a reason, because it is the best English translation of the original Greek and Hebrew scriptures. Some people say, no, I got to depend on the old King James, you know. It's like, look, the King James is a good Bible, the New King James is a good Bible, that's fine, but it's a translation. It's like, it's not, it's a translation. And we, we don't speak old King James English, therefore, wherefore anymore. Okay. So new American standard, they take out the therefores and the wherefores, but it's also a little bit better translation of the original text and everything. But I want to get to real quick here before we end today, where did we get our word of God today? I mean, like, what was the criteria? Because some people say, oh, the Bible's just written by a bunch of people. It's like, yeah, whatever. I don't trust it. Hold on. It is the truth of God. Again, Jesus said in John 17, 17, sanctify them in truth. Thy word is truth. So what is the, you know, uh, how in the world do we know that what we have in our hand today is what God gave us? Well, let's just go for the Old Testament first. We have 39 books in the Old Testament. We have 27 books in the New Testament. So what was the criteria for the 39 books of the Old Testament? Let's deal with that first. So the criteria was this. The the 39 books of the Old Testament is called the canon of Scripture. Canon means the standard or rule of truth. So 
How did that come about? How did we have 32 authors that basically nobody knew anybody through a 1,500-year period? How did they put together the Old Testament? Well, this is how they did it. Moses, as you know, wrote the Pentateuch, the Torah, the law of God. It is the law. Okay, so he wrote the first five books of the Bible. That's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Okay, so you got the first five books of the Bible. That is the Torah, the law of God. Now, for the 34 books that followed after that, for the Old Testament that made up the canon of Scripture of the Old Testament, this is the criteria. Are you ready? Nothing could contradict what Moses said. So if there was anything in there that would contradict what Moses said, it's out of here. So there was plenty of books written back in the Old Testament times, but there's only 39 that are considered the standard or rule of truth. They were accepted by the Old Testament Hebrew scholars in 167 BC. So it was sealed. Nothing has changed with the Old Testament. From 167 BC, the same Old Testament that we hold in our hands today is the same one that was canonized in 167 BC. So those 39 books. So again, the first five books of the Bible that Moses wrote, the Pentateuch, the Torah, the law of God, the 34 books that were accepted afterwards, nothing contradicts what Moses had written. Okay, so now how do we get the New Testament? What's the criteria? Well, number one criteria is it can't contradict the Old Testament because that's the foundation of the New Testament. So we have 27 books in the New Testament that was written by eight different authors who basically all knew each other. So it's like completely different on the authorship. Old Testament, 32 authors, and basically hardly anyone knew each other. In the New Testament, you've got eight authors and they all knew each other. So what was the criteria for the authors? If you wrote a book in the New Testament, you either had to walk with Jesus personally, so you were one of the disciples, or you got the information of those who did walk with Jesus. So that's a big criteria right there. So if you're just somebody out in left field, uh, no. So like we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right? So Matthew was one of the disciples. John was one of the disciples. Luke wasn't right? Mark and Luke were not. So how'd those guys get their information? They got them from the disciples. So Luke was a physician. He wrote the book of Luke, obviously. He also wrote uh, the book of Acts. And of course, he got all the information from the disciples. He even traveled with them on missionary runs. Mark, of course, same thing. He got all of his information from the disciples and traveled with the apostle Paul and got all this information from the disciples. Then, of course, you have uh, the apostle Paul, who used to be known as Saul of Tarsus, and he wrote half of the New Testament. And so the half of the books that he wrote, he actually saw Jesus himself. Remember on the road to Damascus? Remember, he was trying to shut the church down, and Jesus knocked him off his horse, and he says, Who art thou, Lord? He says, I am Jesus, and you've been persecuting me. He's like, oh, forgive me. It's like, sorry, we all make mistakes. Anyway, but obviously he became the major evangelist in pumping the word of God throughout the known world at that time. So again, you know, that's the criteria. The criteria of the Old Testament is nothing can contradict what Moses wrote. And the criteria of the New Testament is it had to be written by someone who walked with Jesus or you were got your information from those that did. Well, with that said, let me ask you this. Do you believe in the Bible? 
Do you believe that Jesus Christ is coming back? Do you believe this world's falling apart with everything happening with Russia right now? COVID, Russia, everything's happening right now. Threat of nuclear war, threat of World War III coming, all of these things. It's like, let me ask you, where are you right now in your life? Do you know that you know that if the world was to blow up tomorrow, which I hope it doesn't, but if it was, you know, where would you be? How many Ukrainians are dying right now? They didn't think they were going to be dying right now a couple months ago, but they're dying. I mean, hundreds into the thousands of people now. And so let me ask you, are you right with God? Are you going to heaven? If not, you need to get right with him. But only you can ask Christ in your heart. Only you can ask him for forgiveness. Your parents can't. Your best friend can't. But if you want your sin forgiven, you want to know you're going to heaven, you pray this prayer right now, and God will hear you because he loves you. Pray this now. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. Come inside of me. Be my Lord. Be my God. Be my Savior. And be my friend and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, I want to send you a Bible. You can text me or call me at this number, 323-807-3255. Listen, the reason we're giving you this number is because I need your name and address to mail you the Bible. So you can just text it to this number or you can call 323-807-3255 or email me at bible at corechurchla.com. That's Bible at corechurchla.com. God bless you. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, that's Core Church LA, one word, to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org, as well as writing to our P.O. Box 34789 Los Angeles, California 90034. 